Hey everyone, welcome back. And it's been a while since my last episode. I've been in Hong Kong doing some workshops. Just got back here the other day and I'll be releasing some of that content actually from the live workshops over the next little while. So stay tuned for that. But today I have a very, very special guest, my first mentor, my first personal development, real life like podcast I ever listened to before podcasts and YouTube channels even existed. We're going back to like 2007 here uh, when I first met this gentleman. His name is John Lavinia. He is the mecca of basically everything around the secret and law of attraction. He worked with, we both worked with that company back in 2007 to 2010, and he was the main trainer for our company that had events all over the world. Um, I've met him and heard him speak all over the world, Cancun, Mexico, um, Rome, Italy, Miami, California, Vegas multiple times. Like This guy is a rock star. And actually, today is his birthday. So go over to his page or Instagram, wish him a happy birthday, and enjoy our conversation about philosophies of success. So without further ado, this is my mentor, John Lavinia. All right. Welcome back, everyone. I've got a very, very special gentleman on the line. This guy was like my Monday night mentor for years. I would log into his call every single Monday. He hosted Black Belt Marketing. He's author of a couple of books, and he's been a worldwide authority on personal and professional development. I've seen him speak on stages literally all over the world from Cancun, Mexico, to Italy, to uh, Miami, California. Uh, he's a rock star in the sales, marketing, and mindset arena of human potential and business consulting. Everything you want to know about success, Mr. John Lavinia is your man. So, John, great to reconnect with you, my man, and come on out. Absolutely. Here's Johnny. It's so good to see you, Clinton. It's been, uh, it's been some time. I see you down there in uh, South Korea, and uh, I'm here in, uh, in Arizona, one of, the, uh, one of my favorite places. And it's just, uh, you know, it's good to continue to share the... Uh, well, I'd say, you know, the, the knowledge, but I think it goes past that. It's actually, you know, the wisdom from actually observing life for all, you know, the years that I've been walking around here and seeing what actually works, right? Which is, of course, what led to my first book and, uh, and then, you know, all the other the work we've done since then. So anyway, I'm, I'm excited to, to be here and share with your audience uh, some insight. So anything, any direction you want to go with this? Is good with yeah, you, you know, I'll, I'll kind of take people back. When I was 27 years old, I clicked on an ad on Google AdWords that said, work with the secret, the law of attraction, and make six figures from home. And I clicked on that ad, went to a couple uh, webinars and, and overviews, and I didn't sleep. That was January 1st, 2007, New Year's huh. Day. I remember it vividly. I can't believe that was like 12 years ago. And I didn't sleep from January 1st to about the 6th. I was just blown away with this whole new world of entrepreneurship, personal development, looking at things like the secret and the law of attraction. I know that Bob Proctor was uh, one of your mentors involved in the company that we used to work with together. And I was just like a whole new realm of just awesomeness that I never really learned about because I was a university student at that time. And I'm like, why don't they teach this stuff in university? Because this is like what it's all about. And then <laughs> learning from people like you, you hosted the training call every Monday night called Black Belt Marketing. And John, I listened to that call like it was my religion. Like I would literally dial in and I would just be so excited taking notes and listening to all your guests. And that was kind of like the first kind of podcast uh, I was, I was uh, exposed to. And I just remember how instrumental you really were in my development as uh, not only as, as, uh, as uh, a marketer and entrepreneur, but as a man, you know, like you really taught growth and development on how to become the best version of yourself. And uh, that's why it's just an honor to have you on the call here today because you, you had a huge impact on my life, man. Wow. Well, well, thank you for the acknowledgement. You know, sometimes I wonder if, if I'm having an effect, right? I mean, did, did anybody get anything out of this? And, right. and certainly thousands of people would show up for that, for that live broadcast. Of course, this was before there was such a thing as, as podcasting. Or social uh, media. Social media wasn't even a thing back then either. Right. Right. Yeah. So I started, I started hosting that, that uh, live teleconference forum back in uh, early 2003. I know YouTube started in 2005. Right. right? Wow. Yeah. So, and we ran that, we ran that forum for 
for years, like like for seven years, I ran that. And even after, like the, you mentioned, we had we had done some work together in a in a company which no longer exists, mm-hmm. which unfortunately is is uh, not uncommon, right? I mean, you see a lot of things rise and fall. Yeah. Uh, I actually continued that uh, some form of that that call for for years after that because people still wanted that. Right. And uh, now, of course, we have uh, podcasting and YouTube channels and everything else, and we can get the get our messages out in a variety of different ways. But you know, the premise of that. And for, for people, you know, for the benefit of people who may be listening or watching this right now and, and, and wondering what, what are we even talking about, the premise of that was uh, I, I was on a mission. I had, I had fa- finally found for the first time in my life something where I could replace and exceed the money that I was making at a job working 70 to 80 hours a week, actually killing myself. I was in my early 30s. I was ending up in the hospital with stress-induced conditions. I, was, I just wanted to make 20000 a month. And I know we've got international, you know, viewers and listeners here. So U.S. We're talking U.S. dollars. So I was killing myself to make like half of that at a job, which some people might look at Quentin and say, "Well, oh, you're making a six-figure income. You're making about a hundred thousand a year." Yeah. Well, I've never lacked motivation, right? I mean, there, there's there's always you know a higher uh, you know I can reach higher above mediocrity than mm-hmm. just you know oh wow you're doing better than the average you know person who's what what is the average person broke right so no i wanted to to double my income and, and in my in my case every time i got too close to it like in the corporate environment they mm-hmm. would cut my pay interestingly this is just anecdotal but um, i got three promotions in a year each one came with a pay cut wow <laughs> that was the last year i ever worked a job right uh, but a lot of people are are sort of in that definitely definitely in that in that sort of uh corporate agenda right now mm-hmm. like they're reliant on some outside authority or entity to dictate to them what they're worth uh which i think is is, is tragic um mm-hmm. and if here's the thing if people are willing to reach above you know that that agenda which was assigned to them or that they you know that they opted into yeah. right nobody held a gun to their head but if people are willing to to reach above that and could see in themselves the potential to reach above that, then uh, then they don't have to be stuck in that. And once I finally found people who were walking the walk, not just talking the talk, like you mentioned law of attraction yeah. and the secret and all this, and I know that's that's gotten mixed <laughs> reviews because there are plenty of people who talk the talk with that. I mean, mm-hmm. you can go on any bestseller list, you know, walk into the local bookstore or whatever, and here's, you know, the majority of the, of the stuff that's on the, you know, the self-help section. Yeah. The majority of it is regurgitation of the same drivel that, I mean, where's the substance? There's one or two ideas in the book and we got to fill up 250 pages with something, right? So, so I kind of rejected a lot of that. I wanted to see what was actually workable in, in life, like for real in business. And that's the other thing, Quentin, I never, I never wanted to, to be like a part-timer with all this, Mm -hmm. like all this personal development stuff. You mentioned Bob Proctor. He, he's one of the guys that really lit my fire when it came to, understanding how to actually apply some of the classic teachings from mm-hmm. uh, James Allen, uh, Napoleon Hill, uh, Wallace Waddles, you know, a lot of these guys from uh, 1800s, Johann Goethe, right? Amazing, amazing stuff. Uh, how do you actually use that in your life right now? And when I found people that helped me, you know, put that into use, like for real on the street, I grabbed on, I never let go. And then I found, because now I was on fire, all these other people wanted to, you know, catch fire too. It's like, man, this guy's going somewhere. And right there, for any of our listeners who are, are into entrepreneurship and uh, perhaps building a, an online business or a home-based business, uh, they're being a solopreneur, right? They, they don't have employees, but they're looking to get something off the ground. Here's what I discovered. People don't follow you because of where you've been. They follow you because of where you're going, mm-hmm. right? And because of that, that vision that I had, you know, that fire that was burning in me, People were like, this guy's going somewhere. You know, I want to get on board with that. Yeah. And, and so uh, more and more people, like just in my, my team that I was working with a bunch of people in a sales organization, people wanted to, to hear more about my interpretation of, of these principles and how I'm using it to, to make, yes, finally, that 20000 a month, 50000 a month, got up to 100000 a month. Um, how are we doing that? And then people started sneaking other people onto the call. Yeah, and next thing you know, it was like a thousand people. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> I think we we're maxing out conference lines. My one regret from all that is that I didn't record it all. Oh man, that's yeah that that would have been a 
incredible series like that yeah. those, <laughs> those, those conversations and the quality of people that you had on there and just like the depths and just like that back then there was nowhere else to really get access to things like that you know like, like right. you said, that was before youtube that was before social media so like that was really like you know coveted content that was coveted content that wasn't yeah. really mainstream at all yet and being a pioneer in that um i just remember listening to those calls man and i was just like this is stuff that i knew that this is going to be the future of content and education because it's not what you hear at school it's not what you hear on tv or anywhere else maybe like you said the few books but in the everyday society of people having conversations that's just was in a whole different realm of 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 content and that's too bad you didn't have those recorded because i would go back and listen to all those again man that those are so good well you know i didn't think anything of it i was just having yeah. a conversation with a few guys we're talking right. about doing marketing and making money yeah. and and uh and it was kind of a goof when when i named it black belt marketing because because i was just thinking you know what we're we're unreasonable we're going for it no whining no complaining yeah. right yeah. and so this is like the black belt level stuff here and right. so it, the name just kind of kind of caught, you know, and, and yeah. the next thing you know, it was, uh, it was, it became legendary in that space. But then after that, so we went on with that for years and then uh, and made millions. We helped a lot of people make a lot of money. Yeah. And uh, people started uh, asking me for my secrets because here's the thing. A lot of times people in, um, in a, in a position to, to actually execute their plan to, to get to that next level, that next plateau of yeah. production and, and self-expression in their life. There, there's this chronic state of what sometimes is called um, shiny object syndrome. Right. Like I'm one, I'm one secret away from, from actually turning onto the boulevard of success. Okay. And so that kept coming up despite the fact that we had a lot of people succeeding and, and making money and, and, you know, improving their lifestyle and all this, I still get a lot of people asking me for my secrets. And I said, hold on a second here. So, so you're putting me on some sort of a pedestal, like I'm special or something. We all got the same data. I think we all got the same data, right? We all read the same books, or at least we were told to. Mm -hmm. I, I read them. We all went to the same seminars. And by the way, some of the seminars that we went to were tens of thousands of dollars to attend, yeah. right? Yeah. So I think we all got the same data. What, what is special about me? I just, I just had a little bit of integrity. I, I actually applied the stuff, right? It's the the yeah. data is for use, right? That's what training is for. And so um, I don't know if that makes me special. So I went ahead and I wrote this book. So, there it is. Uh, there it is. Yeah, yeah that's classic. This is my, I've, my got one, I've got one on my bookshelf back in Vancouver. Uh, okay. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I, I wrote this when I still had still had long hair. You could see uh, oh, I was yeah. doing the long hair thing back then. Still, still, I guess reliving my my teenage years of being a heavy metal rocker and all this. But uh, but I thought, what was the real the real point of differentiation between John with data and somebody who's still asking for secrets with the same data? Mm. One word, right here. Right. And I'm not saying that I did it perfectly. Like, look, I've arrived and I'm manifesting fish and loaves and, you know, raising Lazarus. No, no, no. I, I, I'm, I'm just another bozo on the bus. I just had this much integrity to principle, integrity really to my own vision of where I wanted to go. And so like I, I talked about before, the only reason, well, let me say this. The only reason that any sane person would follow me or you or anyone into business, into a venture, into whatever, is because you're going somewhere. I mean, think about that. People follow you because you're going somewhere. That We can boil down this whole idea of leadership, not only being self-determined in your own life, but being able to induce decision in others, right? People who want improvement, people who want benefits, and, and to go somewhere in life. The, the way that, that we can induce that in people is by being people of vision ourselves, by having a self-determined destination. And this may sound too basic, but, but think of it like this. Let's say you've got a bunch of people standing around and, and they're thinking, oh, where should we go to eat dinner tonight? And one person says, well, I don't know, maybe there's a taco stand down there. Or maybe, I don't know, you guys eat in, in South Korea, sushi or something. Oh, maybe right. we go get sushi. And I don't know. What do you think? I don't know. What do you think? All right. So it's a bunch of indecision. Yeah. Okay. But as soon as somebody says, let's say that same scenario and somebody says, oh, you know what? I know the best sushi place on the entire beach, man, we got to go there. You got to try, you know, mama, mama Chong Susie or whatever it's called. <laughs> Guess what? Decision. Oh yeah, let's go there. Yeah. 
what just happened? What just happened was someone made a self-determined decision and induced decision in others. Yeah. And a lot of times I think people, and I'm, I'm onto an entrepreneurial talk here now because I've, I've been, it's like 10, 15 at night here while, while we're having this conversation in my local time. And I just got done with a webinar and helping people, you know, make a sales and all this. And I'm thinking, what does it really take to succeed in like sales and marketing, mm-hmm. which is the core of entrepreneurship? entrepreneurship. Sure, there's accounting and legal and all the other stuff that goes into running a business. But without somebody selling something, you've got no business. Maybe you've got an idea, a hobby, whatever that's nice. To to induce decision in others for their own benefit, okay, is something that, that I don't believe you can be hesitant in. Hmm. Um, and and I, may, I may be going kind of far afield of, of where you want to go with this. This is just where no, my not brain at is. All. This is. This is great. Like I said, we have a wide open platform here and we can go wherever the bus, uh, bus driver John takes us. So okay. <laughs> keep on, keep on okay. driving, my man. Keep on driving. All right. well, I, I'm just another bozo on the bus, man. <laughs> <laughs> so, so here's, the, uh, so here's the, the idea, right? Is that if people want to, to grow, themselves and their influence in the marketplace, which I think, I mean, right now people are, are on social media or podcast right. or YouTube or wherever they're seeing this. Uh, certainly there's, there's a use for that, that stuff that these, these various platforms that we have mm-hmm. have uh, democratized our ability to publish our message out into yeah. the world. Okay. But only if we actually use them, right? This stuff is for use. So here's, here's where I'm going with this. If you want to succeed at in, inducing uh, growth in, in your own business, in your enterprise and whatever, then you've got to get okay with the idea of inducing decisions in others. Yeah. Because indecision is the chronic state for most people. Indecision, indecision. And Napoleon Hill talked about this in Think and Grow Rich. Uh, anyone who's ever read Think and Grow Rich, you know that he talks about there's a secret in this book. And if you're ready for success, you'll find the secret and you'll never submit to failure again, right? This is a good thing. By the way, that's good copywriting. That's a good way to sell books is to say you've got a secret, right? So, uh, so that's fine. Well, I found a few things that could be considered a secret in that book. And one of them is throughout the book, okay, where he refers to this concept of decision. And in the last chapter, the epilogue, The Six Ghosts of Fear, mm-hmm. right, where he talks about the, the fear of poverty, the fear of ill health, the fear of death and all this. Um, he commingles this idea of decision-making. He's got a whole chapter on decision in that book, but he, he compares it to procrastination. He said procrastination mm-hmm. is an enemy that virtually every person must conquer because it's this procrastination that, that you know, causes people to doubt themselves, which crystallizes into fear. And yeah. of course, no, no intelligent action comes from a fearful mind. Yeah. So he said procrastination, the opposite of decision is an enemy that virtually every person must conquer. So right there, what's the secret? Indecision and procrastination are one and the same. Mm. By that logic, indecision and procrastination are one and the same. And isn't it true that, well, I could tell you in my own life, if I know what to do, I can get it done, right? So it's like, um, usually, you know, objectively, it's very easy to, to understand what to do. So like, um, take out the garbage, okay? So there's nothing subjective about that. I don't have to think about it. I don't have to deliberate. Um, I've already made the decision. The garbage needs to go out, take the garbage and put it out. That's a done. That's a done. By the way, that's my favorite four letter word. Quinton is done. 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 Yeah. Done. done. I have other four letter words. I like too, but done is my favorite. Okay. Now, what if I'm sitting there and again, this may sound silly, but what if I'm sitting there wondering, well, should I take out the garbage? I don't know. I mean, what, what, what could it go wrong? Maybe, maybe I'll fail to take out the garbage. Maybe I won't do it right. Right. All this introversion, introverting now. So that's, that's called indecision. Mm-hmm. And what am I not doing? I'm not taking out the garbage. Yeah. Right, right. So that we could call procrastination, right? I'll put it off till later. Once I've decided, once I've gotten comfortable with the idea. Well, guess what? You're never going to be comfortable with changing your life, with reaching to that next plateau. You see, I had to, I had to, to be willing to abandon this plateau, this, this level of, of personal expression or, or productivity or whatever to reach the next one. It's like the trapeze artist. You can't hold on to both. You got to fly through the friggin' air, man, and grab the next bar, right? Yeah. So, so that's what I had to be willing to do. I couldn't do that without that definiteness of decision, that definiteness of purpose like Napoleon Hill and many others have talked about. Right. So I know I'm not letting you get a, getting a word in here edgewise, but uh. <laughs> that, that, that's why I've got you on, man. That's why I've got you on. I miss these uh, these long form, you know, John's 
subconscious and or conscious yeah. going on in the uh, the great ways that it did on all those calls. It's, I'm just like like having flashbacks of just sitting here like taking notes like I used to you know like uh, a decade ago. So right. um, no, no, I'm I'm loving this and. I think that what you're saying is so important, you know, like if you look at the, the state of the world today, like you look at people's health and fitness uh, or, you know, finances, every, everyone is just like not where they really want to be for the most part. But, you know, looking back at your journey, when you used to be that kind of heavy metal rock star that you used to talk about, what shifted in your mind? We talked about and you used to talk a lot about your subconscious and conscious mind. What changed to take you from that? I guess, employee that was kind of depressed and sick and just not really happy where you were at to just becoming like a switch turned on? Like, what was it specifically that really got things moving for you? Like, was it being introduced to personal development? Was it um, maybe meeting your wife, Shannon? I know that both of you have been like really transformed your lives from, uh, from where you were to where you are now. Um, mm. So what was kind of like the, the trigger or turning point that kind of made all this like really, really jumpstart for you? Great, great question. In fact, I wrote about it in the book, which is available right now on Amazon. We'll have a link for that below. There'll be a link for John's book below. It's, it's awesome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. In fact, I'm, re, I'm reissuing the audiobook version of that. I, when I originally issued the audiobook, it was on CDs, compact discs. Anybody know what those are? What are those? What are those? Yeah. <laughs> right. So I'm going to get it on Audible now and everything else. But anyway, the book's on, on paperback and Kindle. But as far as a turning point, there have been multiple turning points in my life in, in different areas of my life. Like for example, health and fitness. I grew up a skinny kid, ribs sticking out. Right. Um, and then I, I met some people. Uh, I grew up on the Jersey shore in, in New Jersey. Right. So I met some muscle heads, right. They would go down to the beach and flex their muscles and all this. And, uh, and I showed up at the gym one day with, with a buddy of mine who was a, a, another muscle head and he showed me how to lift weights. So mm. through the catalyst of another person, I accelerated, yeah, I accelerated my, my development in that area because number one, I, I saw, I saw an example of what I could have, right? He's big and strong. I'm skinny, right? And so I'm going to, I want to get big and strong, right? And this person's willing to show me how to do it. I became coachable because I, I believed I could have it, right? So that, that was through the catalyst of another person. Same thing, like you mentioned, my wife, Shannon, she's my secret weapon. She, she runs a, a branding agency where she's able to get people like their logos, their, their whole uh, experience online to stand head and shoulders above their competition. Very important, by the way, to do that, especially if you're in something where you're not the only person that sells that product, that service, that offer. How, you know, how do you create that, that you know, unique selling proposition or that point of differentiation? She's right. an expert in that stuff. So she certainly helped with that. And that was a catalyst, again, through another person yeah. <clears throat> for advancing myself. <clears throat> when it came to, to business and making money, I sought out people who were getting better results than me. I observed you know, the, the, the fruits on the tree, so to speak. By their fruits, you'll know them. Mm -hmm. And when I found people who were making 50, 100,000 a month, et cetera, I, I just asked them, what are you, what are you doing? Yeah. And, uh, and, they, and they showed me, right? And so being willing to reach because we know something more is possible. I wrote about this in the book. There was this success equation or formula or quotient or something I came up with. The words aren't important, but it was, it was the, the rabbit hole I went down to figure out why did I grow into this successful entrepreneur and, and business leader and all this. And most of the people I grew up with back in New Jersey mm. are either still in the gutter. Some of them are dead. Right. Wow. I mean, I, I grew up uh, troubled youth, man, running the streets, you know, drugs and everything else. And and some of these guys didn't make it. And and some of the, the ones that I can find on social media, the ones that even care to, to access social media, uh, a lot of them are even worse off than they were before. So why me? Wow. Why did I lift myself up by my bootstraps? And I and I thought about this. Well, well, I, I, uh, I took action. Well, that seems obvious enough, right? So success requires action. Yeah, I'll buy that. Okay, but why did I take action? Well, I was, I was motivated. I was motivated. Yes, the willingness to act. I was motivated. Therefore, I took action. Therefore, I succeeded. But wait a minute. Why was I motivated? Why were these other people not motivated? See the rabbit hole I'm going down now? Mm -hmm. Like, why, why, why? Well, I was motivated because I believed that I could have a better result, right? right? I saw that there was a light at the end of the tunnel. Maybe they didn't believe that. They, did, they lacked that self-belief. I said, well, well, why did I believe? And this is what it came down to for me. I believed because I saw evidence 
that somebody else could do it, that it was possible. And that could be real for me too. Yeah. I believe because of the evidence that others who came before me provided, just like the, Roger Bannister ran the four minute mile. He was the first guy, you know, in the world to run a four minute mile after, you know, millennia or whatever, people couldn't do it. Doctors said that the human heart can't handle it, whatever. This guy did it. Now everybody can do it. Right. Yeah. So, so what was that? That was a catalyst of evidence for other people to now reach higher than they had reached before because they believed they could do it too. So success requires action. Action requires motivation. Motivation requires belief. Belief requires evidence. At least it did for me. Roger Bannister, he was able to do it without evidence. He made the evidence. Bravo, Roger. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Um, but right there, that's for me, that's the key is the environment that I immerse myself in where I can find evidences, demonstrations, of the of the success that I want for myself, mm -hmm. not as just theory, but as reality. Think of it like this: as the great accelerator. Let's say I wanted to learn Korean. Okay, I don't know Korean. I don't speak any Korean. I've heard that song by uh, Phi or Psy or whatever, uh, yeah. Gangnam I Style. Know. I don't know what he's saying. Yeah. <laughs> okay, but my my daughter dances to it. She's eight. <laughs> you know, she loves it. Um, but let's say I wanted to learn Korean. What would be the fastest way for me to do that? Well, we'll move to friggin' Korea, man. I mean, you know, that's it. You'll learn how to speak Korean really quick. You know, you want to you wanna eat, right? You need to, to learn how to order your fish heads and rice or whatever they're eating down there, right? Yeah, so yeah, exactly. That's immersion because the, the environment of, in this case, Korea, it's not just a theory of, hey, there's this language called Korean. It is an actuality, man. It is for real. Like for real, they are speaking it, okay? <laughs> so the language of success, or getting big and strong in the gym, mm -hmm. or having successful relationships, or playing the guitar, or whatever, right? Yeah. You want to go fast, immerse yourself in that environment, not part-time. And yeah. again, this is, this is what led to, to the title of this book. It wasn't like, it wasn't like okay, now I'm going I'm to study my personal development, and I'm going to get all lofty man, and law of attraction, and holy crap, wow, this is great. Okay, it's been an hour. Now I'm going to go back to my miserable life of doing all the things that I've habitually done that kept me broke all this time. Okay, so over here is, you know, the ideal, I guess, possibility, mm -hmm. whatever, fleeting thought, daydream. And then over here is my reality. No, 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 no. As within, so without. One of the definitions of integrity is the state of being whole, undivided, and undiminished. Mm. As within, so without. Or we could say in biblical terms, right, um, you know, as in heaven, as on earth, right? Um, you know, the father and the son, right? So, so all this, it's, it's like the, it's like the, the cause and effect, which Ralph Emerson called the law of laws. Mm. Okay. The most important question that I think people can ask themselves, uh, is, is not what do I do to have success? Because there's lots of different answers to that. The yeah. most important question is who's doing it. Mm -hmm. That's the most important question because like Wallace Waddle said in the uh, Science of Getting Rich, two people engaged in the same business, even in the same town, like two barber shops, right? Yeah. One gets rich, the other remains poor. Why? It's a good, good question to ask, right? So he says, well, well, people who get rich do things in the certain way. You've read this book, right? Science yeah. of Getting Rich. So I remember yeah. your calls about that. You did like specific calls on this book, like you're in your book club. You used to have the personal development book club and then one of them was uh, Science of Getting Rich. So yeah, absolutely. Right. Right. So Waddles throughout this book, by the way, it's a book you can download for free for any of our listeners here who have never read this. Uh, it's 1910, right? So it's well out of copyright. Um, so anyway, he said, well, well, the guy who gets rich does things in the certain way. And in order to do things in the certain way, you've got to think in the certain way. Yeah. Hmm. Okay. So what does he mean by that? Uh, let's see. He wrote this in 1910. Here we are on the internet, right? I mean, what, what, what does this guy know about what we do? What is a certain way? Is it, is it a secret way? Is it a special way? And, and how would that apply right now in, in modern life? I don't know. So I got out the best self-help book ever written, Quentin. It's called The Dictionary. And I started looking up words. And one of the words I looked up was certain, right? I want to understand what this guy means. And wouldn't you know it? One of the definitions of certain is the absence of doubt, certainty. Mm. I'm like, oh my goodness. There it is. That transcends time. That, that has nothing to do with 1910 or 2019 or whatever you're listening to this. Yeah. Okay. That is the certain way. He capitalized it too. Like it was some grand, you know, sacred thing. The certain way is the way of no doubt. Now we're getting back to the question, 
who's doing it. The barber who got rich right down the street from the barber who remained poor, he did it in a certain way. He didn't have doubt that he was providing the best service to this community for the haircuts and whatever. And it wasn't about price per se. Think, think about this. Imagine this, right? So, so who's doing it? That's the question. Yeah. Both had the same scissors and right. the same town, the same potential clientele, right? Yeah. The way of no doubt. Dorothea Brand wrote about this in her classic book, Wake Up and Live, right? Which, by the way, tremendous book, my, my favorite female author ever. Wow. If you've never read uh, Wake Up and Live, mm. um, written in 1936, published the same year as Think and Grow Rich, okay? Wow. First four chapters of this book uh, are all about victimhood and why you love it. The rewards of failure, why we love to fail, the, the, the tacit consent, the unspoken agreement between yeah. failure type personalities in society. Hey, I won't hold you to account as long as you don't hold me to account right. for my mediocrity. And we all get to be on the slow boat to nowhere together, right? And then after, after she's done giving you all of that and taking your head off, in the fifth chapter, she, she lays the, the philosophy on you. Here's the one line philosophy that changed her entire life, her entire business. Here it is. Act as though it were impossible to fail. Wow. Again, we're back to the, the certain way, right? Mm. Who's doing it? The person who will not fail. Yeah. So right there, I think we can say, look, I've been studying philosophy for, for 30 years. And, and I'd like to think that I'm saving people some time right now. So you, if you get this and actually apply it, and by the way, it's not easy. This isn't, this isn't like, oh, thank you, John. I'm, I'm uh, enlightened now. No, there's, there's actual practice that goes into this. Thinking is the hardest work there is, which is probably why so few people engage in it. Yeah. Uh, Henry yeah. Ford said that, right? But, um, but, but if, you, if you can apply this to whatever degree, and it's all on a gradient, right? It's all on a gradient. If you can apply this, you're going to start to find that just how you, how you interact, how you occur in the marketplace and with just people you meet, all that starts to change. It's the be, do, have principle, which I know you're familiar with. Yeah, you yeah. well, I learned, I learned that from you and from our, our program. Yeah, that, that was really big for me because usually people have it flipped, right? Mm. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. yeah, well, most people say, well, if I only had better circumstances, yeah. well, then I could do the thing I want to do and then I would be successful, right? right? So if I had more education, more capital, money, right? I can uh, maybe more luck, whatever that is, or a different location, a different spouse, fill in the blank. You know, if I had those circumstances, then I could make the big decisions. I could, I could do the thing, right? And then I'd be the person I always wanted to be. Guaranteed failure. Always, 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 always works. Because the law is cause and effect, right? Yeah. Uh, you've got to be something in order to do something. And you've got to do something in order to have something. Yeah. Right? Who am I being? Who's doing the work? That's the question. And then the doing this naturally changes because the beingness from which it originates has transformed or has been has been assigned to oneself i've assigned myself as the cause point and again i'm not perfect at this mm. far from it okay uh, but but if i assign cause to myself then i can no longer be a victim that's one of the things dorothea brand talked about in her book okay is that we love to be a victim so i'm effect man i'm not cause well guess what effects don't create effects causes create effects yeah okay so the more i can re establish and rehabilitate causation in myself, the more effective I can be. Think about that. Just think about the words. Again, that's why I, I said the dictionary is so brilliant. Yeah. So people want to be effective. Let's go read books about effectiveness, man, and the 10 million laws of effectiveness. And, and we're reading and reading and reading all this stuff. And as long as we're reading, we are the effect of what, whatever the author thinks. We've got to turn that flow around. We've got to balance the flows. I can't just keep inflowing what everybody else thinks and be the effect of their thoughts and never cause something, right? right? Now, me go because, me go have an effect, right? So it seems like just we're just dealing with semantics, but this is really what it comes down to. Yeah. And it's so easy to be the effect. And there's a time to be the effect, mm -hmm. right? Hey, I don't know what to do. You want to show me what to do? Yeah, sell me some training, right? Mentor me. That's cool. But, but all this training, all this study, all the philosophy is for use. Yeah. Otherwise, we get to sit around and you know smoke pipes and wear scissors and gaze out the window and contemplate life and, and have no effect, man. Like, what the hell are we doing? And, and be broke, right? Yeah. <laughs> I wonder why the universe isn't recognizing our greatness, man. You know, Jim Rohn said, the late Jim Rohn, he said, if you want to increase your income, increase your value to the marketplace. Mm -hmm. Let's look at the words. Increase your value. So who you're 
value. Oh, that means something that other people want. Okay, that's something valuable. Where? To the marketplace. That means don't keep it a secret. Mm -hmm. Increase your value to the marketplace. And this is all based on what, what I would call the law of exchange, right? right? If we think about it like this, Quentin and, and everyone, we think about it like this. Like right outside your window right now, you've got some water out there. Is that an ocean or something? What is that? Yeah, that's the, uh, that's the Pacific Ocean. The Pacific, I've heard of it. Yes, very good. Okay, so there's the Pacific Ocean right there. Now, there's this thing that happens in the Pacific Ocean called the tide. You've heard of this thing called the tide, right? As a surfer, I follow it, yeah. You follow the tide, right. Now, what do we know is going to happen next if the tide goes out? It will come back in. It will come in. Thank you. Thank you, sir. Okay. So if the tide goes out, that means it has to come back in, right? It doesn't just go out and never come back in. It doesn't just come in and never go out, right? That is, that's a rhythm. There's a rhythm to that. So if we apply this to our life and into, and into business, thinking about what, what Jim Rohn said, if you want to increase your income, increase your value to the marketplace, what do we have to do? We have to outflow. We have to send the tide out in terms of value to the yeah. marketplace. And then what must happen? It must come back in. The current, the currency, right? The money, the currency, right. it must come back in. It's as simple as that. And I think there's a lot of people right now, and I, I don't mean to be critical or condemnatory or, or you know, contemptuous or anything like that, but I think there's a lot of people in the age of the interwebs that see the magic easy button, just click here and the magic system does everything for you. You don't have to be valuable in the marketplace, right? right? You, just, you just let this other entity this other agenda this other whatever now we're back to to uh, expecting somebody else to do our thinking for us you let that do the the valuable thing and you get to be what you get to be a consumer mm. there's a time to be a consumer consumer is effect and there's a time to be a producer producer is cause you've got to balance those flows and i think look to, to whatever degree i've balanced those flows i've been successful and to whatever degree i've faltered I get to sit around wondering what the hell is wrong with, with me, with world, with the life, you know, with, with whatever. I've, I've got to, if I ever want to increase my inflow, I've got to increase my outflow. And, uh, Which, by the way, Quentin, is why I'm talking to you at 1030 at night right now, man. I'm outflowing, man. And I'm doing something valuable. I hope it's valuable. No, I, I, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, there's one thing that you said on one of your calls a decade ago that, that has really stuck with me forever. And it's, it's really taken away the barrier that I think that keeps a lot of people stuck behind that barrier. And I remember you said this like it was just like yesterday. You said, don't worry about what other people think of you because most people don't think at all. And I remember when I heard you say that, that was just like a light bulb that went on because a lot of people are, don't start that business, don't start that YouTube channel, don't start whatever they want to do because of fear of what other people think of them. But as soon as you said that, that most people don't even pay attention to anything besides their own basic needs and they basically rarely even think of those because they're just so like like you said caught up in whatever uh that they're distracted by that that really took a lot of the um i guess uh monkey chatter that would normally be uh in the back of my mind just out like it was just gone after i heard you say that i was just like that makes so much sense because if i think about myself do I really think about what other people are currently doing? Not really, unless I see it and then it'll be there for a couple of minutes and then it'll be gone. So who cares what other people think anyway? So the only person that's going to be affected is you by not doing it and not really being able to get that result that you wanted because you think that other people are going to judge or uh, condemn or whatever. But in reality, they're probably not even going to be paying attention to what you're doing in the first place. And I think hmm. that that one thing really stuck with me. And, uh, and like you said, it's, it's about being um, at cause and not being the effect. So I just wanted to share that, that uh, cause that's been with me for a long time that you affected. So I appreciate that. Oh, well, well glad. And it sounds like you put it into use. I mean, you're, you're doing the whole travel in the world thing. And yeah, uh, the, the idea that, that we should not reach because, well, what will they think? Mm-hmm. That's, that's the mantra of the tribe or the herd, if you will. The purpose of the herd is to keep you in the herd. Right. And, and like Dorothea Brand, who I, who I quoted earlier, um, you know, talking about victimhood and the rewards of victimhood and, and being, uh, you know, being a failure, right, is that you get a lot of agreement. It's terribly social, right? Yeah. You, you, can, you can listen to people like in a restaurant sometimes. You can eavesdrop a little bit. And, and in here, you know, people 
uh, agreeing with each other about how hard life is and complaining about this circumstance and that and everything's a problem and there's limits to everything. And, and they're, they're, they're very much in accord with those ideas. And, and one of the things that, that we notice as, as people who have chosen to leave the herd, right, is that it, it um, you, this old story of the cows and rhinos, right? Oh, I love so this story. I remember this. Go ahead. Yeah. Great one. Right. Yeah. Well, well. So here's here's the story, right? So there's yeah. this this cow pasture, and and there's all these cows standing around chewing their cud and crapping all over themselves and everything, waiting for the slaughter. And then in the middle of this this herd of cows, there's a rhino, right? And the rhino's totally out of place. It's got this big horn sticking out of its head, and and the rhino is not happy with the cow pasture. He wants to go charging through the jungle. But all the cows, they're like, no, just be be satisfied with what you have here. Just be a cow like us right because they're thin skin they don't have the horn they don't have the two inch thick skin but the rhino knows who he is and he says you know that's it i'm i'm leaving the herd and i'm going into the jungle and sure enough there's dangers in the jungle there's thorns and you know sharp uh, you know bushes and hunters shooting arrows and all this but the rhino charges through the jungle that's what rhinos do because on the other side of the jungle there's like the promised land right it's the land of you know mud patties and you know, cappuccinos and whatever. And so, and so one day the rhino comes through the other side of the, the, the jungle and, and arrives in the promised land and notices there's other rhinos there too. Oh my goodness. And they're in the mud bag and they're drinking cappuccino. And, uh, and one by one, another rhino comes out every now and then another rhino emerges from the jungle and, and, and hangs out with the other rhinos. And some time goes by and the rhino our rhino friend in the story is thinking, what was it? Let me see if I can remember. What was it that was on the other side of this jungle? That's right. It was a cow pasture. And in the flash of insight, a moment of clarity, the rhino realizes that all those cows over there, they were just really rhinos. They just had conned themselves so thoroughly into thinking cow thoughts that they actually looked, smelled, and behaved like cows. And so our mission, if you will, in, in terms of like entrepreneurship and attempting to lift other people up is, is just reminding them that you're not a cow. Yeah. Now that is going to be, that message is going to be rejected by the herd who are so indoctrinated and so married and devoted to the, the, the Kool-Aid that goes around the, the cow pasture of mediocrity, yeah. right? Don't challenge the status quo. What will they think? What will they think? Right. Um, you're not going to gain the respect of the cows and the rhinos at the same time. It's one or the other. Mm-hmm. Right. And so I guess you, you just, you just got to choose, right. What are you willing to settle for? What are your standards? And right. then don't lower those standards yeah. despite the thorns, the arrows, the, the troubles, you know, of, of the jungle. Yeah. Um, I, I could tell you that I'd, I'd rather have a bullet in my head than, than be a cow on the pasture. You know, it's, yeah. and, and look, I know that, that there may be some people right now listening to this who are, who are um, new on the path of, of entrepreneurship or personal development or doing something deliberate, something self-determined with your life besides just taking orders and, and being told what you're worth, mm-hmm. right? It, it can be scary. Don't do it alone. Like I mentioned before, uh, the, my greatest accelerator has been immersing myself in the environment of success where yeah. it's not just theory but it's an actuality. Like people are for friggin' real speaking to the success language around here as demonstrated by the fruit on the tree. Be a fruit inspector. You find people that are going somewhere in life, stick, stick around them, right? Like well, the old saying, if, if the herd is turning left and you know, a couple are turning right, go with the people turning right. You probably never make another The road less traveled. The road less traveled makes all the difference. Yeah, no, absolutely. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I look back at my four or five years in university and then I look at, uh, the number of, of years that I was immersed in that community. And I was like, man, I, w- I learned 10 times as much of practical nuts and bolts, just principles of how to live, not just like success, but just how to live from being on calls like yours, going to events that, that were uh, hosted and just being immersed in reading the books that you mentioned. And mm-hmm. it, it's really amazing how the school system hasn't really caught on to what really should be taught. And it's, it's quite troubling when you see students like freaking out over a trigonometry tra- test and, and never really reading a book of, of personal development or financial literature or, you know, just, just things that are just necessities in how to live a good, healthy life or fitness, nutrition, just all these basic, yeah. basic, you know, like, hello, obviously, this is what we should be teaching people, which they're not. 
And I think that the system is really designed that way to keep people, as you said, in the herd and sure. keep them housed, you know, like it's, it's designed that way for a reason. Uh, yeah, it certainly is. And, and we may sound like conspiracy theorists or something, but I think we're just observing the obvious. Yeah. Right. If it was if it was about the result, everybody would be fired and it would be a, a completely different system. Right. So uh, the, the purpose of the herd is to keep you in the herd. I mean, we need a working class of conformists to do what they're told, give them just enough freedom, just yeah. enough credit card debt. Right. Here's your iPhone. Right. Here's your trip to Starbucks. Yeah. Or whatever you guys drink down there, right? And so just enough freedom to not revolt. Mm-hmm. Be good tax cattle. Right. Right. I mean, this is this is no joke. This is how most people live and they don't even know they're they're on the farm. Yeah. You know? Right. So yeah. And, and and here's the other thing too. I could start to to start thinking activist thoughts and go off onto some, you know, tear about, you know, the government and this and that. Uh, Steve Covey talked about this in, in The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. Tremendous book. Yeah. He talked about working within your circle of influence mm. rather than being diluted into your circle of concern. I got a lot of concerns, okay? Yeah. As an American, as a human on planet Earth, right? I got a lot of concerns. Where can I have an effect? Well, I can have an effect within my circle of influence. And the more effective I am there, the more that expands out into my circle of concern where I can tackle other things, fund causes, you know, things like that. Yeah. And uh, and so I think uh, where, where some people may may uh, erroneously dilute themselves is they go right into all these things that they're concerned with and they don't focus on their circle of influence where they can actually have an effect. Right. Um, and, and again, you can be more effective in groups than you than you can as an individual. So what I mean by that is, is you as an individual, what is what is your your calling, your purpose, your 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 chief goal or, or aim, you know, uh, in life, short term and long term? Like, really think about that. Who am I? Who who's doing all this? And then um, and then based on that purpose, who can you align with, with sympathetic purposes mm-hmm. to to augment, you know, uh, symbiotically and synergistically to to reach out into into greater fields of influence. So I hope hopefully what I just said made sense. But this yeah. is something that. You know, before you were asking me about turning points, and I mentioned the, the catalyst of other people. Because um, a lot of times, while, while I celebrate, you know, the, the power and the importance of the individual, because you can't have a, a powerful group without powerful individuals. So the individual is definitely number one. Um, and yet, no man's an island, right? So right. I'm looking for the balance in that. Uh, my, my wife right? She, she has been a catalyst for me in terms of, you know what, I was thinking about this, Quentin. Um, uh, what, what, is, what is she my role model in? Like, I have different role models in different areas of my life. She is the most gracious person I've ever known. Gracious meaning, uh, you know, understanding and patient with the foibles of others, yeah. right? Whereas I, I may not be as gracious. I might be impatient and like, what the hell is wrong with you? You know, stuff like that. Uh, judgmental. I used to be very serious and very judgmental. She taught me through her example how to be a bit more gracious with people. Um, ben Franklin had that had that attribute, right? He he would he would kind of uh, give people a pass, and he would understand their foibles, so to speak, right. but wouldn't make that big of a deal out of it. So I look at at role models like that, and I think about who can I use to to model and accelerate my own growth. Who can I use as a catalyst, whether they knew it or not? Ben Franklin doesn't know that he's one of my mentors. The guy's been dead for a little while. Okay, would have yeah, loved to meet him. Um, but uh, but who can I who can I uh, model after to to then be more effective in what I want to do and be more of an asset to whatever groups I align with? Yeah. Um, that that whole idea of of immersion can come in many different ways. And and again, Napoleon Hill talked about the power of the mastermind, which I think we're doing to a degree right now. Right. Absolutely. So, um, yeah. Yeah. By the way, I, I'm, I'm curious because I'm to your, to your broadcast. Uh, do you, do you have uh, a lot of entrepreneurs or, or, or uh, mostly American audience or like who, who's listening to us right now? Mostly American. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I looked at my stats and it's mostly American. Um, yeah. Most Canadian American and, uh, and then just whoever is on social media, which is like all over the world. So um, it's mm-hmm. uh it's cool to be able to have something like this to really just kind of like, like uh, I just made a post about this earlier. Um, I just made a, uh, a deal to go to Hong Kong next month. And it was just someone that was listening to my podcast 
and I had no idea that they were listening, but she works in Hong Kong. And we met briefly a year or two ago here in Korea when she was on a business trip and she's just kind of following along social media. And then she messaged me. She says, you know, uh, I've been following your, your podcast and really enjoy it. She said, did you do any retreats or workshops? And I said, well, I'd love to. I'm like, what are you thinking? She's like, well, my clients would really love to have this kind of content for training for their employees. And I said, okay, cool. Like who are your clients? Facebook of Hong Kong, Uber of Hong Kong and Nest T. And I was like, what really? And she's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's like amazing. And I'm like, well, what would they want? And she's like, well, they want to have like an ongoing kind of curriculum to go and do these personal development and professional development workshops for their staff. And I was like, yeah, I would totally love to do that. So she just sent me a plane ticket last week and I'm going uh, in about four weeks, middle of May. So you never really know who's listening. And, and mm -hmm. it's all about the quality of people listening more than sometimes the quantity, you know, like it's just takes that one person to open the right door for you. And, you know, you've said many times on our trainings that you're just looking for those aces, you know, you're just looking to work with people who are really above and beyond and ready to take action. And, you know, there's, there's probably a lot of people that will listen to this and not really do anything. And then there's some people that will listen to this and be like, man, I want to follow John and, and get plugged into what he's doing. And I can tell that, you know, you're a motivational guy and you never know what the ripple effect will be. Um, from right. when you put well, out here content. we are talking 10, 15 years after and you're quoting yeah. me from, from yeah. forums that happened 15 years ago. So yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Looking for aces. I still remember that, you know, like yeah. it's, it's crazy how these things stick and the, the difference that it really makes. So, yeah. Well, well thank you. Cause I'll, I'll, I'll take that, you know, any validation I can get. Right. Cause, cause sometimes I don't know what right. effect I, I have. I, I, I certainly intend. Yeah. Uh, the, the effect of, of benefit and people, you know, lifting themselves up by their bootstraps and all this. And, and, and sometimes it's ostensibly, you know, apparent that it's like, wow, you know, this person just became a millionaire. And, uh, and if I've been a little, you know, footnote in, in their, you know, their book of success, that's, that's uh, why I'm here, right? That's what I, what I want to do. I mean, my, my yeah. purpose is to increase prosperity and prosperity consciousness for as many people as I can touch in my time here on the planet. Right. And, you know, as John, I don't know how much time that it's going to be. Right. It's uh, almost 49 years so far. But uh, but I'm just going to continue to be hopefully the best demonstration that I that I can be. And and you know what? The other thing is, Quentin, it's it's not about the personalities. It's about the character. So so yeah. I I, uh, I hope that, you know, people who maybe maybe they don't like this guy, John, with his New Jersey accent. You know, I, I grew up in, in New Jersey. And you could take uh, the boy out of New Jersey. You can't take the Jersey out of the boy. But, um, but regardless of whether or not, you know, you resonate with a, a particular personality, whether it's me or Quentin or the author who wrote the book that you like or whatever, get what you can from, mm -hmm. from all the different sources. See what, what works in your life. Like, like see if yeah. this rings true for you. Like anything we've talked about here today, uh, see if it bears fruit. Right. Yep. And if it does, make it yours, just like yep. Quentin has. And if it doesn't, throw it out, man. You're not yep. here to be the effect of what I think. Who gives a damn what I think? Right. What works for you? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's interesting because when I was in Bali last month, I, I spent a lot of time with, uh, you remember the swans, right? Brian and Rhonda? Sure. Yeah. yeah. And, and Brian said something that really stuck with me, too. He said, you know, it's not about like people are always watching, you know, like you do these Facebook lives all the time. And I tune in anytime that I see you pop up and get the notification and I tune in, I won't always comment or say, Hey, or anything. Cause I'm like, you know, doing whatever laundry or something, but I'll be listening. And that's what Brian said. He's like, you know, people are always watching you. You might not know who they are or if they're not commenting, but people are just like, I got a message the other day from someone here in, in Korea that just said, Hey, I've been really following what you're doing. I just want to say I'm really, really loving it and, and I'm impressed, you know? And I had no idea that this person even really knew who I was or follows the, the posts that I make because they never comment or like or anything. So I think that's kind of uh, a testimonial for any other content creators or people that are very active on social media that might not think that you're getting the engagement, but it's not always about the engagement. It's who's actually watching and listening that are, are still tuning in, you know? Like as long as you're getting views, there's somebody there watching. So it's uh it, it's hopefully um outflow leads to inflow like we were talking about you know yeah. if you want to if you want to inflow the the currency the currents right the audience the the views mm -hmm. then the outflow. And, and by the way again i'm not perfect at this right I, I as far as like the technology of social media and stuff i've practiced avoidance more than anything else right i've been uh, busy working on my own stuff and everything right and, and so uh i think a lot of times people may get uh maybe get thwarted a little bit by 
you know, which platforms or, or the tech. Understand that the tech is just a via upon which your communication rides, but it's still you originating the, com the communication. Exactly. Yeah. That, that's another disconnect in the online marketing space. A lot of times people look at the website and, and think that's reality. No, no, that's a communication vehicle. The reality is whoever wrote that, right. whoever put that video there, that's who you're buying from. Yeah. And so, and so I, I don't know if I'm going down a different rabbit hole now, but, but uh, don't get, don't get hung up on the, on the tech or the, so much the how to, yeah. but the who, who, right. And, and the more you make yourself known in the marketplace, again, to quote Jim Rohn, mm -hmm. right. Increase your value to the marketplace. Yeah. It just inflow equals outflow. It has to work. It's the it's the by law. It has to work. Well, so. two two kind of closing things to kind of like touch on. I wanted to kind of go go over. What were some of the best personal development conferences or retreats, workshops, books that you've kind of come across and have dived into? Um, mm. You know, like if you think back on the multiple decades of your journey on this, is there anything that kind of stood out? Being like, wow, that was a really really powerful breakthrough or course or something that you could uh, share? Oh, there's so many. Quite. I, I've invested over $300,000 into my own education after leaving wow. government schools and, you know, how to be stupid and everything. Um, amazing. Yeah. So, so I wouldn't single out, uh, you know, this or that there's, I, I keep showing up and even if it's just one nugget, like you, you mentioned, you know, here's, here's this thing that stuck with you from some lecture I gave, you know, 15 years ago or something. Yeah. How do we know which event, which lecture, which seminar was gonna was gonna create that nugget? Because mm. because that's very subjective, right? I mean, I I may hear the same the same information for the fifteenth time from yeah. a different source, and because I was ready, right? right? Yeah, yeah. I found a way to apply that in a new way. It it, it was real for me. Mm -hmm. um, so. So uh, again, I would say be a fruit inspector, right? Look at the fruit on the tree, see who, who's got what you want, so to speak. That's how I got on this whole path in the first place. Like I got my start going to like in personal development and stuff yeah. back in 1986, uh, just going to like 12 step meetings, right? Uh -huh. Like uh, you're familiar with AA and yeah, Alcoholics yeah, yeah. Anonymous, Narcotics Anonymous, right? So yeah. I was this troubled youth um, and, and I, and I, um, you know, started to, to hear like the principles of personal development from wow. guys that were, you know, getting sober and, you know, coming off of alcohol and drugs and stuff. Wow. And, and I, I was able to take some life skills from that. Um, now, not everybody's going to show up in that forum, but if you, if you see like the transformation for like, let's say the alcoholic yeah. from, from drunkard on the street to uh, sober living, that is the biggest transformation. Like, wow, look at that. Right. Although yeah. is, is everyone listening to this right now going to go access that, that lecture, that forum, that fellowship? No, uh, unless all your listeners are, are alcoholics, then yeah, go to an AA meeting. Um, <laughs> you, you get what I'm saying? So, yeah. so it's not so much that particular messenger, more, more of uh, who's the student, who's listening. Right. Right. Yeah, so that, I, that, 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 that's interesting you said that because I've been uh, I stopped drinking about almost two and a half years ago, uh, New Year's Day 2017. I just said, you know what, I'm going to do this 30 day uh, no alcohol challenge. My friend uh, James Swanwick was doing Said I'm going to do 30 days without alcohol. And then I was so productive and felt so he healthy and just, you know, I felt so good. I just kind of kept it going. And it's been about, yeah, almost two and a half years. And like I'll have a glass of wine or drink now and then, but I've been like sober for that that amount of time, and it's been it's been awesome. Like I don't miss it at all. And it's not that I had like a serious drinking problem, but just the culture in Asia, like you know, people just pound booze here, man. Like it's a serious drinking country. Like they consume more but alcohol. Everybody there just work to themselves to death. They no. work themselves to death, and then they try and resurrect themselves through the bottle. Oh wow! <laughs> yeah, no, they can. These these fifty million Koreans consume consume more alcohol than 350 Americans. People just get smashed here. It's the number one drinking country in the world. Number one's Korea, Russia two, three, Germany. Really? Yeah, yeah. I, I would have never suspected. Yeah, wow. yeah. So I, was, I got caught up in that, man. Like living here, I was just going to these clubs that are open till like seven in the morning and stuff. And then I'm just like, what am I doing? I'm just like, oh, you, know, yeah. you know what I mean? So I so, noticed yeah. that when I was in... Uh... Athens, Athens, Greece. It's oh, yeah. like the, the clubs. They're like warehouse size clubs. Yeah. And uh, I was in this this one. I, it was just we were there for an event. Were you with us in Athens? That was right before I got started. I remember that the I think the summit or something was right before. My first one right. I went to was uh, Cancun and then Italy, Rome. Okay. Well, we did this. We did this. Uh, this conference in in Athens, 
and crazy city and yeah, uh yeah, and and the uh the clubs i i don't know why i even showed up here as others were going i'll, I'll go check it out i mean I, I don't drink alcohol i don't dance yeah um you know whatever and it was like two in the morning and there was a traffic jam getting into this place and it went out onto the pier over the agnc right the people out and it's like packed it's yeah. freaking packed with with people and it goes till daybreak yeah. Like, how do these people ever get to work? I, I have no idea. And they all, like, the entire diet was, like, olives and, and, and bread and, and the coffee with no filter. It's like mud. And uh, anyway, interesting, <laughs> interesting culture. And you do not put your arm out the window if you're driving in a taxi cab. And oh, yeah. Because, yeah. like, cars and motorcycles and stuff, they take your damn arm off. I mean, it's that close together. So, anyway, um, that, what was I even talking about? What were we talking about? Sobriety. Sobriety, 12 right. steps. Yeah. Oh yeah. So so I was just thinking because uh, you mentioned that that um, you you got you got enlightened by you know the the secret and everything on January first, and then you you got you know, this whole sober thing going on January first. Maybe. Yeah. Right. Yeah. 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 It was ten years later. It was two thousand. Actually, I never thought of that. It was two thousand seven when I found uh, found the, the personal development and everything, and uh, and then yeah, it was it was exactly 10 years later. I never put that, that together actually. Yeah. Wow. Maybe, maybe you're the one guy that keeps new year's resolutions. Yeah. <laughs> That's it. Ladies and gentlemen, Quentin Carlin, he keeps new year's resolutions. He's the only guy. <laughs> but only, but only once every 10 years. Only once every 10 years. <laughs> well, this, oh this, this boy. That's, that's great. That's, well, that's, a, that's a whole additional topic. We could go down that road too about, about why, about why change doesn't stick for people who make New Year's resolutions. Maybe we'll save that for another for another That'll be round two. That'll be round two next New Year's. Maybe we'll uh, we'll. Yeah. Oh, we could do a New Year's special. Yeah, that would be great. Yeah. Actually, I think that there'd be no better guy to get people inspired for New Year's than you, Mister John Lavinia. So, well, you know, you... I, you know, I won't be drunk. You know, I'll be alert. Me too. So, yeah, right. me too. Yeah, yeah. Likewise, <laughs> so we can ring it in together. Um, so, how can people find out more about what you're up to? If you want to share any links or what you're working on, your your new projects. I know you got you, you've always got your hand in something that's working really well. So. Sure. Um, what, what's going on with you and your wife? You mentioned that Shannon's doing a, a personal branding, branding agency now. So oh, yeah, um, yeah. Well, you, know, she could, you could, of course, check us out, johnlovenia.com and, uh, and shannonlovenia.com. Uh, her branding is at uh, brandbuilderdesignstudio.com. Okay. And, uh, and that's amazing, like pennies on the dollar. I, I paid, once I paid $7,000 just for a logo. And her, she and, her, and this was years ago before we yeah. knew anything about about branding. Yeah, I don't even use a logo anymore. But um, but she was able to with her with her staff create something way way better in like a week for like five hundred bucks. So yeah. anyway, and and not like a fiber uh, fiber. You know, right. uh, everybody's got that logo. No, it's it's you know trademark uh, registrable. You know, actual stuff. Anyway, she does tremendous work. Uh, as far as me. Uh, yeah, johnlovenia.com, and there's there's links to, to various things. Obviously, I'm best known for Integrity is Everything, that, that first book. And Quentin, I do have two more books right in here, yeah. and I just have not taken the time to put pen to paper. You know, when this book came out, it was after locking myself in a cabin Arizona for a week. Yeah, That's how I wrote that book, in one week. Thought about it for a long time, and I said, screw it. I'm going away. Nobody could talk to me. See you in a week. I spit the whole book out onto one of those little voice recorders. In fact, I think I still got the voice recorder here. Maybe I should put this thing up for auction on eBay. It's a little Optim Olympus Radio Shack Olympus oh, yeah. voice recorder. Nice. Now, of course, I can record it to my iPhone or whatever. But I recorded the whole damn thing right here in a week. Wow. And then I took a year to edit it, which... Yeah, talk about self-editing. That's that's not a smart thing to do. But I I did it. I, I took a year to lay it all out into book form. Yeah. And uh, but yeah, I've got I've got some I've got some ideas like uh, for book two and book three that it's about time I, I actually get them out. Um, Quentin, thank you, thank you so much for oh, this. Thank you, man. This has been like uh, this has been like a bucket list. This is like our own black belt marketing call here. So it's great to have it resurrected. And uh, John, man, like I said in the beginning, you, you made a huge impact. Uh, on, on my life and development and I know that there's thousands of other people that could out, be out there saying the same thing and uh, It's great for you to be able to hear that because I know as a content producer You don't always get to hear people that are you know 
affected uh, and, and the results that they got from it, but just know that you've made this huge ripple effect across the whole industry of personal growth and entrepreneurship. Like you are a legend, my man. And thank you so much for taking the time here today. Uh, it's great to reconnect and uh, share some stories and, and just, uh, man, hearing your, your stories, just like a, a flashback down, you know, a decade ago when I used to just be listening to every Monday night, John's call. And it's, uh, it's so cool to be able to share the space here with you here for this one. Awesome. Thank you again. Well, I'm, I'm honored and, and so glad to, to have shared this time with you and, and your listeners. And I will, uh, I'll hope to be back as a guest uh, New Year's Eve. Let's, let's actually put that on the calendar. That would be amazing. That would really be awesome. And uh, I'll have your links below. People, you've heard it. John is an incredible speaker. And he's just a guy that gets, gets shit done. You know, like he's not just one of the guys talking it. He's walked the walk. He's created incredible results for himself. But for all of his clients and people that's worked with him, I can't endorse him enough. Like this guy is just, he's, he's the real deal. Um, so, John, thanks again. And I'll see you New Year's. All right. <laughs> Thanks again. All right, guys. Bye-bye.